Okay, are you ready for a second session of Between Us? Are you ready? All right, well, the media team has been so kind. They're going to play a clip, and we're going to get right into our today's session. Actually, there are two. There's two clips back-to-back, so enjoy. get it. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> As we start our session, you will, this will make even more sense. You have just witnessed the collision of two trains coming head on and they collide. We have in America what we call the federal Railroad Administration, the FRA. At the point of a crash of this nature and this magnitude, their mission is to enable the safe and reliable and efficient movement of people and goods on all railroad routes. Now, I know a few of you are retired. Some of you are still employed with, like, I think our railroad uh, company, Fortune 500 company, is Union Pacific. So you're, you can really identify with this. I'm sure you felt that. What the, uh, the FRA does is they do in a comprehensive plan that collects and analyzes data from every accident, from every crash. This information is used to determine the negligence, foul play, safety breaches, and how to eliminate and prevent injuries and accidents or deaths in future encounters. The FRA needs this information to effectively carry out its regulatory and enforcement of responsibilities under their safety guidelines. And in every accident, there is what they call a very comprehensive and extensive reporting process. And as you look at this, we're relating these types of accidents, these collisions, as when two people on a Valentine's Day fell in love and they were wild and crazy and they didn't realize that they were locomotives moving fast towards one another. So in this uh, clash and collision, the FRA will go and what they will do is do a report. I mean a real report. I mean, I'm not talking about these incident reports we do in our little companies. They look for things like this, time of collision. How long has this relationship been going on? What were the weather conditions on that particular day? What type of cargo? What were you bringing into the relationship? Mm. What was in your cargo? The cause of the accident. They really try to go back through the history. They look at the actual day, but they look at other things about other employees and people that was on the scene for several months. The number of injuries or possibly casualties. 
they do reportable and itemized damages. They, they want to know every little thing. It looks like a mess, right? And you're like, well, you, let's just write it off. They don't do that. I mean, they take weeks to really look at this and analyze it, where most of us, after seven months to two years, we just throw in the towel and say, divorce. Uh, they look at things like equipment and maintenance uh, failures. Here's one, the level of human error. Somebody's mm -hmm. got to be held responsible. You stood before us. You had on your pretty white dress. There was about 200 of us, and you stood in front of us, and you said, I do. Now bring us back to the scene. Mm. Hardly ever. They look at things like emergency readiness and risk management. All oh, relationships are going to have problems. Then they look at things like breach of operational procedures. Who ignored to do the little things? Because you just thought on that day the sun was shining, but you didn't know when they got up to Colorado there was going to be snow and sleet and ice. That's good. So these reportings yeah. are very, very, very important. So, Pastor, I say this. In choosing a lifelong mate for marriage, committing your heart and life is a huge decision. Mm. I want you to hear us this morning. That it's a big decision. It's just not because he's cute and you're fine. So we say to you, if you choose poorly, you could suffer years of collisions, heartaches, pain, emotional abuse, even some physical abuse, and even early divorces. However, choosing wisely, you can expect to enjoy a lifetime of joy and uh, passion and all of that good stuff. So choose wise, wisely. And as we have said to you many years, over 20 years, Pastor Martin and I, write this down. Some of the loneliest people in the world on this planted, planet, when they don't choose carefully, are married folk. Just because you see them skirting in to the mall and to the movie theaters, there's a lot of lonely married people. And I say to you, marriage is the great revealer. So we want to talk about the merger, mm -hmm. the two becoming into one. one. Mm -hmm. Will you say that? The two. The two into one. Into one. Just because you two don't mean you've really merged, and you're going to hear a little bit more about that today. Take time to analyze your collisions. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make you a TV show. That's what's getting ready to happen. You think? Oh, yeah. Forget Oprah. I'll take the wardrobe. I'll take the wardrobe. Oh, you just want the wardrobe. Forget the TV. <laughs> so as you're listening to us today online, uh, YouTube, Facebook, and all these places. We are serious about this today. We are very, very serious. And the stuff that we share, we first had to be partakers of it. And we bear our souls because what you see sitting in front of you, we had a collision too. Matter of fact, we had a few collisions. But look at us. 32 years and we refused to quit. He gave me the title that I was your wife for life, and I will see that to be the case in my life. Amen. Boom. Boom. 
And I know his social security number. I know all 10 of his sisters and four of his brothers. Three. Three of them. Mm -hmm. You're the fourth one. Mm -hmm. I know it. Carry on. Yeah. I'm gonna, okay. So the merger, the two becoming one, two into one. The idea today is we're going to look at your, when you met someone, if you're, if you're unmarried, you haven't met anyone yet, I'm getting ready to describe to you what's getting ready to happen. Please pay attention to this because this perspective won't be shared often. Um, if, you're, if you're engaged, you are courting, you are in the middle of marriage, that's great. It's not so great. You're trying to get divorced. You're in the middle of all that. No guilt, no condemnation on anybody for where you are, right? So everything we're going to share, you can fit into whatever category you're in mm. right now, all right? So this is about the merger. We use the train wreck because that's what we're really talking about from that perspective, that when you do meet someone, mm. when you get married, when you're engaged, right. on the night of your marriage, what you don't know is that you've just engaged in a good train wreck. My, my, my. That, that's what just happened. Uh, two strong people. Coming together. Going to, they may be going to the same destination. Uh-huh. But you're going two different routes. And the reason people, if you don't realize in the first two to three years that that's where you are, now you're going downhill. You're traveling without reassembling. You're traveling now, but you haven't brought yourselves together. And really, a real family is not built on love. It's built on understanding. Because love ebbs and flows. Now, babe, do you really think people believe that now? I don't I, care what I, they believe. I, I've come to believe it. And we it's know it. It's not enough. You no, know, it's not enough. Love is not foundational. Hmm. You can't build you can't build on that. You have to build on understanding and wisdom. Yes. Information. Yeah, you have to have the knowledge and the wisdom and how to put this thing together. We we gotta put together our families with intent. My goodness. Boy. Can I say this please? You don't ever have to ask me. I know. What but do they say to Frodo? You bow to no one. <laughs> but it is my joy to bow to you. Yeah, because you want to okay. bow so you can reach your hand in my back pocket and get the wallet. <laughs> and give it away, man. Yeah, I get it. Okay, go ahead. I, I, I wish, and we have this opportunity. I won't even wish it. I decree it. That as parents, we stop grinning when our f children come in at middle school and sometimes younger time, I like him. He's my boyfriend. Da, da, da. We will sit that girl down, <laughs> sit that little boy down, and begin to give them information. Take your time. This is not your season. You know, listen, your relationship should be with those books. Do you have all A's? Then you don't have any room to be kissing and looking at some little girl. At least not in not middle school. Not in no middle school, school yeah. not in high school either. But that's our opinion. That's babe. our opinion, that's but our it's opinion. a strong one. Yeah, it's our you get distracted early, you, you, you're going to have a whole lot of uh, train crashes too early. 
I'm telling you, if you get your chapters mixed up, you're going you're gonna to be in a whirlwind of trouble like my dad told me. Enjoy your seasons. Because you don't even know you in middle school. Thank you. We have a responsibility is all I'm saying. I, I, I agree, but that's our strong opinion. When our daughter was little, she had friends, and we say, you're going to go to the movies. Great. We'll drop you off. We'll <laughs> go to the theater next, and we'll watch something. But when we got there, our daughter and other boys were showing up. Yes. She's in the sixth, seventh grade. Other boys are showing up with her friend girls. And so I'm like, what's, what's happening here? Well, that's her boyfriend. The, the, his dad brought him, and the, so they're going to be in the theater alone. And I'm like, okay. Uh, sweetheart, you're coming to the theater with us. We ain't wanting you to see none of this stuff, whatever that is. You just, dating is just learning how to get divorced easier. Anyway, okay, we haven't even given the scripture, so don't get distracted. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We're trying to we're trying to fuse some things. Well, we're trying to bring some loose ends together. Well. Yeah. Let, let, let's keep going. Okay. Good. So the scripture the scripture we're using is in the Message Bible. You all know it. And Pastor Josh read it last last Sunday. It says, uh, "Do two people walk hand in hand if they aren't going to the same place?" Mm. So the idea is to get us into a position. Your little children. The idea for you is to get them in position so that they marry well. So that they can do good. That's true. They can't really do good if they're married wrong. <laughs> Am I making sense? Wow. So we want to put them in the position where they marry well, well, raise their children well, right? That's the idea. So, but they have to be going to the same place. Mm-hmm. How can two walk together unless they agree? So we want to talk about that agreement point. And what Pastor Nell was just getting into is our first point, singleness. What is it? What is singleness? We, we need to understand this whole thing of singleness. I'm not talking about unmarriedness. Yes. <laughs> right? I'm talking about <laughs> singleness. And uh, single, singleness, and let's just go straight to the amplified one, uh, Jason. Let's just go straight to the amplified one in Genesis 2:18. Now the Lord God said, it is not good or beneficial for a man to be alone. I will make him a helper, one who balances him, a counterpart who is suitable and complementary for him. Mm-hmm. When God made Eve, he did not make a wife for Adam. He did not. The first thing he made was a comparison to what he was watching. Elephants with elephants who could talk the same language, eat the same foods, understand one another, work together to make some things happen on the earth. So God can bring you a man and introduce you to a woman at a cocktail, at work, at a ball game, or wherever. He can bring her to you, but the choice has to be yours. Mm. And you don't have to choose everybody you like. And, And you know what you taught Josh and Callie. Well, I teach them. I taught them enough. They hate it. Uh, we're from them. the South, way down on the dirt roads of Mississippi, right? Now, we love some cornbread and greens. That combination can take you through a cold winter night. But if you bring me some collard greens and some ice cream. Oh, yeah. That's now, both of them are good, are they not? 
but they are not good together. So a lot of time with relationships, come on, just because she looks good. Or he's got money. And you got money. That does not mean y'all need to be together. So what God did not say, he did not say, it is not good for Adam to be unmarried. He didn't say that. So anyone who is unmarried and doesn't want to get married, there's absolutely nothing wrong with you. If that's not your desire, it's all godly. He did not say it's not good to be unmarried. It's good to be unmarried if you don't want to be married. And we typically look at the first sign of unmarriedness, and that is you don't want to have sex. You have no desire for sex. You don't think about sex. You don't think about companionship. You should think about being unmarried. Because chances are you might end up marrying somebody who wants a little bit of that sometimes. And there are going to be conflicts and issues. And then we talk ramifications and incidents and frustration and maybe even some concussions <laughs> right <laughs> so so singleness is literally this well you should you should say that point though that okay. singleness is to be this is our mentor dr miles monroe coined this for us singleness is to be pursued not avoided and as he just said you know, really, honestly, guys, everybody is not supposed to be married. There are some people that really don't have a desire for that. And <laughs> on the other side of that coin, just because you're running around here seeing everybody hooked up and you're looking up here thinking, oh, that's nice, that does not mean you're supposed to be married either. You need to know. You really have to know. Yep. So singleness is to be what? Pursued, not what? Avoided. Right. The misconception is that being married, just because you're married, doesn't mean you're single yet. And the problem is when people who haven't learned to be single, you're not even, you don't even know who you are, what you believe, and now you're joining to another person. That's so true. That's a train wreck. Not only is that a train wreck, but that's an unsolvable wreck. You, you can't clear the tracks on this one. It's, it's, it's over because now you don't have the knowledge of how to put this thing together so that it works. You, you didn't even know where the train was going. Yeah, you're just running. You're just running. And sometimes, <laughs> and sometimes you can clash into people or intersect in your life. By accident. By accident with someone who is on a dead track. They're not even moving. You, they didn't even pay attention to the, the wheels were already rusty. Yeah. You're so blinded by what you need, what you think you need, yeah. Yeah. you didn't realize that that guy's been sitting on that stump for 20 years. And there you go grinning and then threw your whole life upon him. What does grinning mean? Ignorant. Okay, ignorance, okay. Uh, uh, vague, said it, you said uh, it void times. of understanding. Okay. Blinded by 
the okay. passion of your heart, okay. and especially of, of us men and women that's been, in, we believe, we've been waiting so long. It's been a long time. You know, I'm 32, woo, 36, and you get antsy. You'll take any train You'll take coming any by. Train. Okay, no. My God, you said Those it. are called hobos. hobos. They just jump on they any jump train. They jump on any train. Okay, so anyway. And, yeah, and, right. and just, just touch everything in your life. You, you don't keep them uh, down at the boxcar. You bring them up where the engine is. And the next thing you know, here you're talking about you're in love. You're not in love. You're desperate. You're desperate. Right. Then I tell you, and then when you hook up and you get married quick, then in that bed uh, two or three months later, things begin to uh, call out to you. Marriage can be a great revealer. Okay. But you don't want to wait till you get there. You need, to, you need to understand these concepts. So say it with me. I have to be single. I have to be single. Even if I'm married. Even if I'm married. Mm. 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 So singleness means I am my own person. With or without you. I'm my own person. With. It means I remain loyal to myself and my own destiny. I'm never going to give up my loyalty to myself. To thine own self, be true. And if I got to give up me to be with you, what? <laughs> I can't do that very long. Mm -mm. It's like somebody holding their hand over my mm. mouth and my mm. nose mm. at the same mm. time. I can do that for a couple of minutes. Mm. But after a while, yeah. I have to breathe. Breathe. And, and you know, wait a minute now. That's a good chance. I, I, I've been telling y'all this. We need to what take a mask me? break. Let's just take our mask down just for a minute. Let's breathe because it's going to get thick in here in a minute. <laughs> I'm telling you, go ahead and take a breather. I better not see you lifting that thing now down. Don't be coughing we? and saying hallelujah. Don't be, don't be doing all that. Yeah. But, it, you know, guys, we could change the world if we could implement some of this stuff. And you can start today. Yeah, do it today. So being single, I'm my own person. I'm loyal to myself. Now, here it is now. I'm single if I can say. I'm separate. I'm unique. Mm -hmm. I'm whole. And I'm responsible for my own life. Mm. I, know, I know my uniqueness. I know I'm separate. I might be getting ready to mix my salt with yours. But all the time, I am a separate person. Mm. I have a vision for my life. That's so good. I have a calling on my life. Right? So you don't, you don't want to really get married to anyone until they understand their singleness and you understand yours. Otherwise, when we come together, this is what's going to happen, I'm telling you. Starting on honeymoon night, if not before. <laughs> Now, there are a lot of manipulative people around lots us. Lots of them. And a lot of them speak in tongues. A lots of them. Lots of them sit in purple chairs like you're sitting right look, now. Look, look here. A lot of them seem to be going the same <laughs> place as you're going. Um, you just don't know their agenda, their motives. You don't know. Go ahead and do stuff. a chair dance right there. That Woo. was a chair dance. Just I mean, because they're I mean, in the church. Right. Uh-huh. So you got to be careful. Careful. 
He may have on a suit and she may have on a dress down to her ankles. She might be even serving in the children's I'm department. I'm telling you, you better you understand better get some information. when they are trying to make you give up your singleness. You better be able to discern. Oh, he's trying to, he's trying to make <laughs> me give up what my daddy taught me. Now that's good. I, I, you know when Josh and my Vanessa, daddy taught my daddy taught me how to do that. Josh and Vanessa was coming <laughs> together. We spent a whole lot of time looking at the fruit of Vanessa's life. What did your daddy tell you? What did he? How did he groom you, Vanessa? What did your mom uh, put in you? And we could see the fruit of her parents' labor. You don't want people that are weird and, and they can't say no one helped them. No one taught them. Girl, you staying in your daddy's house and he didn't teach you anything? That's a problem. And it's not that they're, not, it's not that they're the wrong person. Mm -hmm. Your courtship may just take longer. Longer. Because they need to catch up to that acrement of becoming single wow. themselves. And God it, forbid yeah. what you tell, you said, Vanessa, don't you slow down. No. And Josh, don't you don't speed, speed up. up. No. Because mm -mm. we had to pastor both of them. Yes. Anyway, yeah. We're going to quit in 40, we're going to quit in the total of 45 minutes. Don't go worry. We're we, not going to be here all day. You're right there. You, you said that. What did I say? You, go on. Uh, attributes of singleness. Did you do the last one? I did, baby. Well, listen, there's a scripture in the Bible, <laughs> Proverbs 25, 28. You're killing me. It says, okay. now listen, this is what most single people, most unmarried people, you understand that being single does not mean that you're, you, being unmarried does not mean you're single. There's a whole, I'm looking at a whole lot of people that are unmarried, but you're not single. The Bible says in Proverbs 25 and 28, whoever has no rule over his own spirit is like a city broken down without walls, meaning anybody can just walk up on you. Everybody's got your cell phone number. Anybody can be your friend on Facebook. Anybody can holler at you and you will turn quickly. Matter of fact, not only do you turn, but you start walking towards them. You don't even know their name. And there you are exposing all of what you think you are. You're like a city without walls. Anything can invade your life. Anybody can touch whatever they touch in your life. And like I tell young women, if he touch you here, he going to touch you here. Sex starts in the mind. Talking all night long on the phone. Ain't got nothing to say. And then you making plans to jump out the window, go down to the motel, roach tail. That should tell you something right there. There's an organ playing behind you. Let me say this and then I'm back to you. Okay. Getting to know yourself is the first step towards wholeness. And the second step is embracing and accepting the person that you truly see in the mirror. First step, know yourself, your journey to wholeness. Second step, to embrace it, accept it, and love the person you see in the mirror. And you will put some walls around your life. You are, you're expensive. Yeah. 
And just because they're Christian don't mean they believe what you believe. Y'all better check these Christians now. These Christ Okay. Anyway. They marry you and then they won't I, come to church I, with if, you? If I had to get married now, shoot. We would have a long Oh, a long engagement. Because oh, just because God. she just because she says she loves Jesus, don't mean she's gonna love my mama. And if she don't love your mama, that won't work for me. You take her back to her mama. Oh, yeah, I love my Because something went wrong at that house. You better stop. Look here. You better let her go and him go through one election cycle before you marry him. Just one. Oh, we're going to talk about it. Oh, y'all, look. Yes. Y'all, look, look, look. Hold on now. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. You went through nine months of pushing that baby out. Why would you just listen, turn him over to now, anybody? Now, now listen. Hey. Listen to me. You need to let them go through some stuff that means a lot to you. Mm. So you can see the response. Uh. <laughs> I'm going to leave that right there. I'm going to sit back down. Look, okay. Okay, some, so some now get, number two. Wait, but what you just said, they get, they, y'all get hooked up so quick. Y'all get, y'all, y'all, y'all mess up so fast. I'm, t I'm telling you, people I thought loved Jesus. Now you don't need to be talking Haven't, about that. Don't sleep together during election cycles. Because they're voting for two different people. God don't care about who in the presidency. He don't care nothing about who's in the White House. All he cares about is what's up in your house. Your house. Is your house one? Number two. <laughs> oh, no, you can't bring that up in this house. Mm -mm, we ain't doing all that. Take that somewhere. When it comes to money, take, take that poor stuff somewhere. We, not, that ain't up in this house. Well, you mean you lead your house? Who else going to lead my house? I mean, who else going to lead my house? Hey, listen now, before you get come a on, house. Come on, bruh. Who else, who else is supposed to lead my okay. house? Before you lead the house, before you get a house, you yeah. determine who's going to lead the house. This is how it goes. And listen to me. Write this down. Number two. If you've been waiting, you can't just let any old jack come up and put a ring on it no you need a real man i mean a man's man a man with some statues a man with a character influence see i ain't say nothing about money or a house because you determine before you hook up who's going to be the leader because determining who the leader is will also determine the level of the maturity of the relationship a lot of your relationships are jacked because of the leader I don't care who you are. If you're not the leader, you don't have the goods. Sit down, buckle up, and let the woman leave. And at some time, some place, I hope that you can switch the roles. We're good. Yeah, I don't know. But you gotta, you gotta be coming with it to lead. We'll do it Wednesday night if we don't get through it. We're fine. Keep going. 
All right. Okay, now, okay, number two, y'all. <laughs> y'all know me, me and Linnell, we are going to the same destination. But we definitely take different paths sometimes. But we're on one train. W right. We have to work this out. That's why I'm saying to you, this next part is so important. Because after you get married, you will never end this process. Never. It's going to be for the rest of your marriage. You're going to get better, so you can go further and faster. But you're going to be working on this thing that we call the train wreck. As long as there are male and female you're going to be in working the world. It's ju that's just the way it is. Feel good about it. And equip yourself for it. So part two is, we're just going to call it what it is. Call it what it is. This is a train wreck. Martin and Linnell, you are a train wreck. And you got to analyze all the pieces of this big collision. You, you got to, if I'm date, if I just met her, if I just met her and I'm, I'm, I'm beginning to walk in love up to the point where I'm getting married, all that entire process is a train wreck. But it's culminated on the night you're married. The day you get married, it's culminated. If you had any wonders on what, how many of you got a surprise on your, on your honeymoon, or your honeymoon week, and it's, I'm not talking about sex. It was a surprise. You're like, ooh, I didn't know that. <laughs> Raise your hand. I said, if you, right. You're like, ooh, I didn't see that coming. Listen, because you still got people sitting in here married, sitting right by each other. They don't want to be honest. Okay. And it's okay. That's all right. But somewhere down the line, people, y'all suppress stuff. I'm saying y'all because we used to. I know what it is. I can see it. We can smell it. You suppress stuff, and you think that girl is passive. But one day, say one day. She put that ring on, boy, and all of a sudden you'd be like, hey, I didn't know that was in there. <laughs> and a whole know. new woman's going to come out of that bedroom. They're going to flip the strip. And that woman has been quiet for 20 years. She says, I'm so tired of listening to Do you Do not say encourage nothing. this. And the longer you suppress it, the longer it's going to be there. I heard, uh, Get your I heard Mrs. Goosby tell me this weekend, she said, Pastor, it's like a jar. A little thing, little foxes. You just keep putting them in the jar, right? Well, no matter what the jar. After a while, all of those offenses begin to uh, flow over out of the jar. And then guess what? It becomes a mountain. And then that mountain, you can't even see your other partner over there because that stuff is between it. You were preaching to me. And she said, it becomes a thick, wide mountain. And the next thing you know, you got, you're not no longer husband and wife. You're just uh, roommates in the house. Children are gone. Married off, and you don't even know how to have a conversation because you didn't take care of those little things. You know I'm talking about you. Mm. Take courage. Break the glass. Kick down the mountain. And get on the other side and say, we have to talk. But, but this happens because we don't know what we're dealing with. True. We don't know it's a train wreck. We think that after the wedding, everything's going to be great. Nope. And it's not. That's when the work starts. It mm. starts once you say, I do. Because this is what happens during a train wreck. Right? Unexpected, but it's good. You don't, you're expecting to fall in love. Mm. And that's a wonderful feeling. 
but you don't know what you're actually taking part in is a collision where you both are on your way to destiny, full speed. You're, she's going where she's going. You're going where you're going, young man, I pray. We're all moving. So when you clash into someone, when you meet them for the first time, your destinies are going to cross. Your destinies are going to bump into one another because you're both headed to the same place, but you're going two different directions. That is a crash of culture. It's a clash of ideas. It's a clash of directions. And your personal progress will slow down. You will pause. You will skip the exam if you just fell in love with the ball player. You won't go to the library. Or you'll be up all night talking to her on the phone and not studying. Some things your mom taught you, you're going to freeze on that for a little while. You know what else? Your non-negotiable list that I've taught AWC women. Oh, that goes out the window. That goes out the window. Things you said that you wouldn't do. You put it in writing. When you lose your way, you'll toss that. You'll look in my face, and I taught you about the non-negotiable, and tell me you're already in bed with him. God forbid. Turn this thing around. You just cannot keep living like you're a city without walls. You're ruining everything. And it's worse if you have children in the, in the house looking at you live this kind of way. It's horrible. And you, and you need to understand what's happening. Because uh, I did not want to get married at all. Period. Because <laughs> the marriage is in my church. I was like... <laughs> This does not, this does not make any sense. Even if I got to have sex on Saturday night and repent every Sunday, that ain't working. I'm God sorry, y'all. I'll just. And I, you I, didn't. I did not. I did not. I didn't live that way. I live clean. But I'm just saying. Oh, God. So once I was in grad school, getting ready to graduate, <clears throat> there was a girl in our fellowship, and Linnell will remember her. I, 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 I had a spiritual attraction to her, so I was getting to know her. Linnell was my friend. We never dated. We grew up together. So, and in, in a conversation with her, I kept talking about my dreams. <laughs> and uh, after about the seventh conversation, this girl was trying to get me to compromise. In church. And I'm like, uh, well, Martin, every man doesn't have to be wealthy. Uh, every, you know, da 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 da, -da. And this, that, and the other. So I said to her, I said, uh, <clears throat> uh, do you, are we going to the same place? I'm going to be wealthy. I don't care who likes it. Don't really give a flip if they don't. In church, out of church. Take that and jump off a bridge. I don't care. That's my goal. I ain't got nothing now, but that's the plan. Could you ever live with that plan? Well, I just believe I said, bye. We didn't have cell phone numbers at the time, no email address. I said, I will never talk to you again. Don't call me. Don't talk to me at church. 
She said, you know, ain't got to be so hard. I said, yes, I do. Because if I marry a woman like you, I'm going to kill her. This is, you know, if I marry a woman like you, I'm trying to protect you. If I marry and I'm coming home every day trying to make something happen, and you up in the house talking about, we ain't got to have that. We ain't got to, we, I'm good right here in the trailer park. I'm going like, to shoot you, bury you, and tell somebody, I don't know where she at. Okay, I'm exaggerating a little. A whole lot. <laughs> but I said, that's not going to work. Then I said to her, my sisters, I got 10 of them. And none of my sisters treated me like you treat me. None of them treated me. And I, then I said to her, Josh, I said, and my sisters wear dresses down to here and here and here. But they will kill you if you mess with their baby brother. It's over. So I'm saving your life. Twice. <laughs> you, can't, you can't let someone slow you down. And if they start while you're dating, they're going to shut you down after the wedding. Babe, what they do is, what, 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 you know, uh, what y'all do, this is what you do. You talk about the wrong stuff. You don't talk about nothing. You need to get down the to real the, stuff. the nitty gritty. Get into the heart of the matter. Jesus. You know, how does this girl not know he didn't think like that? You know what I'm saying? You've you got to dig. You, you've got to ask uh, very smart questions. How do you feel how do you think about this? I was thinking like this, and you set them up, and you ask questions. You know, uh, my dad, I really love my dad. What do you think of my father? What do you think of your dad? And you listen intently. You are you. active. Put that fork down. You can buy your own filet mignon. It's time for you to talk. And sometimes talking is the best preventive method from marrying the wrong person. About the right stuff. You well, my daddy was never around. And my daddy, my, I don't even like my daddy. Dude, <laughs> you can't marry a girl that don't like her daddy. Oh, it got quiet. It's an indicator. It's an indicator. <laughs> You need that threat. If you touch me, my daddy is coming. Is coming to talk to you. Well, your daddy's dead. Mm -hmm. He got seven friends still alive that he made a covenant with. <laughs> so if you touch me, I'm just letting you know. You gotta have. You gotta have a girl that loves her daddy because she's gonna look at you through. That filter. Lens. She's going to look at you through his filter. She's going to look at you. So you need, if you're looking for a girl, and I'm saying, people can be broken. But this is why you have to, this is why you have to make sure, Linnell, how's your mom? Well, my mom doesn't want me to go to school. My mom doesn't want me to do this. I said, how is she? Have you talked to her? I haven't talked to her in a few weeks. Linnell, you got to go talk to your mom. You got to go talk. I was trying to talk to her. I know you were. But, and but you we, didn't say, value, you we didn't, didn't value, value education the same. Exactly. And I couldn't marry you right. until you and your mother agreed oh, well, on that, education. We took care of that. Yeah. Not because of marriage, though. 
Right. Because I didn't want anything to go wrong between me and my mother. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mom, this is why I'm going to school. Mm-hmm. Mom, this is, well, you don't have Educated, to do that. You right. can work at Walmart. You can work mm-hmm. at TGNY. You can do all this. Mm-hmm. And Linnell is like, Mom, I have this dream. So they weren't doing well. Man, when they got together, her mama don't even hug Linnell when we go to the house. She hugged me. <laughs> she said, come here, son. She gave me them big wet kisses. And she said, my son, my son bought me this house. My son bought me these cars. I said, but the only reason I was able to do that is because Linnell went to school. She went to school. She said, I'm so sorry I fought against that. She said, I just didn't know. But I, I was, wasn't. See, both our parents, neither one of our parents graduated from high school. So the Can value I, of what we were valuing for our future, and then I'll sit back and be quiet no, and let you finish. No, sit back and right. be quiet. But it wasn't that they didn't want her to go to school. They just didn't understand the value. It was our practice. Our culture was yeah. you, get, you go to high school. They wanted you to have the best grades. Um, but they, that, after high school, they wanted you to get a job and help pay the light bill. Help take care of stuff around the house. Help take care of them. That was our culture. It had been, I was the firstborn, and I was the first one out of the gate. And I met this guy, and he opened my mind like a parachute. Let's go, baby. And he began to pour into me life, right, things I never thought about. Yeah, let's go. And so, um, but I want to say this. As much as I know uh, that God selected Martin for me, if he had had, one ounce of conflict with my mother and my father, we wouldn't be sitting here today. No, it doesn't work. I don't care who my mother and father was. I don't care how country they were, how, what unlearned they were. I don't care who I thought I was. You don't come between me and my mother and my father. And I see too much of that now. There's something wrong with a person that say that they love you and have ill will towards your mama and your daddy, the only vehicle that brought you here, what's wrong with the person between this eye and this eye when they can stand in your presence and say or do or... This is what they're doing. This is is what they're doing, and you should write it down because people don't know. In a train wreck, this is what that person's doing. Mm. If you can notice them trying to separate you from your foundation... What they're trying to do is steal your heritage. They're trying to steal your heritage. They're trying to take over the legacy. They're cutting you off from grandma, great-grandma, your ancestry, because they want to claim everything that everybody put in you for themselves. They want you and everything that was put into you, so they start cutting you off from people. They just don't like certain people. And as, they, as you give them power to cut you off from your friends, they take that power to cut you off from your best friend. Then they cut you off from your mom. Then they cut you off from your dad. And they don't pull the, 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 the snare of the trap until they're the only person you're listening to. Because they want to claim all of you, your heritage. And I'm telling you right now, that person is sick. Don't play with it. Well, he just need to be delivered. Why would you be dating a demon-possessed guy anyway? What is wrong with you? Well, I'm going to get him saved. You can't get him saved. What are we doing? Why would you date a prostitute? Let her come off the street first. 
get saved, submit to some of the women for about 10 years. Well, I'm getting him right, Pastor. You are not God. Girl, you ain't got nothing to get him right. Give him to the brothers that's going to beat him over the head, hold him accountable. And some brothers that ain't scared to say we even Catholics cast listen, out demons. Listen, and the truth of the matter is. You got to be around wait, some brothers. Wait, wait. That's, no, you interrupted me for a minute. Oh, yes. You got to be around some brothers that know how to say, come out. But, babe. Let me tell you something. What? A lot of us girls are hooked up with these guys that are backwards like that. You can't cast out what he's married to. No. If he wants to have that spirit, if God can't put his finger on it, you ain't got nothing in you to pull it out of him. No. You can't cast out stuff that they're married to. No. Say, y'all, it's a train wreck. And you better realize that this is not a grinning thing. (laughs) This is not a happy-go-lucky thing. You need to settle down and realize. Get the googly-googlies out your eye. Get all that. Don't post nothing. Don't tell anybody about him or her. Nothing. Nothing, because this is a mess and you don't know it yet. Because now you're going to spend the next 30 to 50 years putting the two trains together into one. Choosing a direction to go that everybody agrees on. This is getting ready to be work. And you can be working at a restaurant, cooking scrambled eggs, and you got 30, a 30 scrambled egg recipe, and 29 of the eggs are good, and one is rotten. You have just now made 29 eggs Bad. poisoned by one. And if you don't know what you're working with in the beginning, look at his mother, father, uncle, and family character. If the whole family's going nowhere, guess what? That's what, you, that's what you got. As long as you know that's what you got, we're good. But it's after you're married and then you realize, ooh, uh, I'm a Ferrari. And this person is a smoking minivan. Now break that down. Now, you know, like, you our, can't, counsel, you know, like our counselor said, okay, Martin, um, you know, you made that statement to Linnell. You said that... Uh, we go to counseling, uh, yes. Uh, we have to have help. A, a Ferrari and a yeah. smoke... Give me more, please. I'll give you more. You said that so kind of sexy, though. Okay, give you more. Details. Details. Sometimes, women, you have to be clear. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. If you're going to plow with two yoke of oxen, if you're going to plow with two yoke of oxen, if you're going to be in a relay race, anything you're going to pair together, you have to make sure those oxen are at the same shoulder height Mm. or the yoke will wear them both out. Mm. 
because mm-hmm. the yoke goes around both their necks. And one will feel the weight of it more than the other. Yes. Those oxen need to walk at the same gait. You can't put a left-handed and right, a left-footed and a right-footed oxen together. Their lines will be crooked. Mm-hmm. You need oxen with the right temperament. The one that's going to do the most turning needs to be the lead. Mm-hmm. And the other one needs to be stronger. When we're putting our marriages together, yes. we have to think like oxen. Because now, I'm getting ready to yoke the rest of of my my life life to her. How much work do you want to do? Everything I will do from now on. I am yoked to you. Yes. Hey, put it together. That's it. Because I told her when we got married, I said, now look. She she said to me after I said this, she said, I was hoping for a more, more romantic honeymoon. We were in New Orleans. Our friends were there, and I said, let's go to the hotel room. She's like, okay. Uh, but we got in the hotel room. I said, no, we're not taking off our clothes. We're going to sit and talk. She said, well, I was expecting something else. I said, yeah, that's coming. No, I was not. Hold on. So I was expecting that from you. That's, you're right. You, you, were expecting yeah. that from, you were expecting that from me. I, I just wanted it. To- because, right, right. She was a virgin. I wasn't. Mm. So... Uh, I mean, no, I wasn't that, but I, anyway. <laughs> Give me more. <laughs> so, so. So we, we, we went. I'm, the- I'm sitting and I'm saying, now listen. Now listen, I told you this before we got married. You've known me since I was 12. Yes. I said, I am not getting divorced. We're not going to talk about it. That's not what's going to happen. I will not have my children wondering where their daddy is. That's not what's getting ready to happen here. I don't want to be in two different houses at Christmas for my kids. I said, I'm not doing it. So I just need a commitment from you again that we're going to work through whatever we got to work through. And then she said, okay, anything else? And I said, yes. I said, if you're a millionaire, I said this to her, if you're a millionaire, the number one way to not be a millionaire anymore is get divorced. I said, so I won't be poor. So we have to work out whatever we're working through. She said, I don't know why you had to tell me all that. I was concerned about you. She said, I grew up in a house where mom and dad stayed together, shaking her head. I said, what, what's that shaking? I ain't see that all. I ain't see that, that neck thing before the way. What happened? She said, I just wanted you to know my mom and dad fought through some stuff. My mom and dad did this. My and dad I, had a ninth grade education. My mom a sixth grade education. And they bought our houses. They put us in cars. So she said, I was concerned about you. Would you have the strength to work through everything? And I said, I do. Because I didn't save with the grace of God all of this to be going, laying up with somebody else if that didn't work out. Somebody else if that didn't work out. I knew in my heart of hearts, I was honestly going to do this one time. It was in front of me. My mother and father now 55, 56 years. Of marriage. Of marriage. I don't know anything else. I have empathy with people. I understand because of the work we're in, people business. But uh, mm -mm. I I just don't see how you open your gates that many times. I I don't get it. It doesn't make sense to me. And I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad. But I am trying to make you have some conviction 
and to understand that there is a better way. And we can build our worlds differently with the right information. And I do believe that we need other people in our circle that have done some things, been some places that you haven't been. So when you want to quit, they can say, honey, not yet. They can kind of help you navigate those troubled waters. Because as he said, for as long as you're sucking air as a married couple, you're going to have opportunity, opportunities for collisions. Oh, they're going to happen unless you know what you're, unless you know what kind of family you're trying to build. Yeah. You're going to have collisions more than you want to. And you can only survive so many wrecks. That is so true. Your family won't be able to survive wreck after wreck after wreck. It can't be all day, all night. We have to come together, and we're not going to get to that point today because I don't want to rush it. We'll figure it out. But wow. you, you, you have to be, we have to be intentional about this. The Bible, the Bible says in several places, and my children's children shall praise the Lord for generations. For generations. This idea of your family growing and growing, becoming bigger, more powerful, influential, staying together is not a dream idea. It is so possible. Possible. I called my mama's sister who came back and moved home with us after my father died. And I just told her, I said, I just love you. And, she's, and she said, I love you too. And I says, no. I said, I want to tell you something I haven't told you. Uh, the day my father died, my stepmother left. She left with her daughters that day. That day. She never came. She never came back to us. And I, my sister, I saw my stepmother for uh, three years drive away with her daughters to go back to the town. That's how I met Linnell. My dad was, anyway. Uh, <laughs> dating a woman in her in church, church after my mom died. So I watched them walk away. And I'm telling y'all, uh, I don't know how to, I didn't know how to describe depression until about 10 years ago, but I became so depressed. Mom and dad are gone. Stepmom's gone. And now me and my four sisters, we're going to have to be in this house tonight alone. Mm -hmm. Well, my older sister showed up at our house and walked in with a suitcase. She had her own house. She'd already graduated. She was already teaching, had her own career. And she walked in that house with her suitcase, and she went to my dad's room, changed the sheets, and went to bed in that, that bed night. that he had died in a few hours earlier my sister, and I said to her, you saved my life. Now, this conversation was just last week. Yeah. She said, I didn't know that. I said, then let me tell you. I was going nuts in my head. How are we? This is Mississippi. This is, y'all don't know nothing up here. Mm. Ain't no such thing as pantries <laughs> and no, that's all that kind of stuff. So, so I'm in my head. She moved into that house. Slept in that bed. Slept in the bed. That night. That night. Securing our lives. 
which enabled me to think, dream, to breathe, finish middle school, high school. Me and my three sisters. She did that for us. And if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be here. So when this woman met my sister, Josh, I was struggling with this because Linnell was my sister too. We're in church, you know. Boys, you go to church with girls, right? And you be like, that's my sister. Then she come home from Christmas break and all this and all that. You're like, ooh, that's my sister, but dang, you know, right? <laughs> okay, y'all, this is just us boys. We just, woo, my sister for real. So I struggled with that. But the way she treated my mother sister, I could never get past that. She loved my mama sister, took care of her loved her that's the group I had around me as I married Linnell so I called my mama sister first I'm thinking about proposing to Linnell she said it's about time <laughs> but where were you I was in Korea praying and I said Pearl I don't want to get married I said I'm scared of this thing I don't see any around me I want to be like. None. Not one. So there's got to be something wrong with this. And my sister said something to me. She said, then you have to create your own. You don't have to rely on what anyone else's family looks like. You can build the one that's in your head. In your mind. You just have to be particular about who you choose to build, to build with. it with. And you have to build according to the pattern yes. of the originator. You, you, you didn't create marriage. You know, God did. Yep. From Adam and Eve. We're so far from the original idea, a God-centered idea and you're out there you're wavering you're just wavering and you're hitting your heads against walls and you think everybody's marriage is like all the other divorce court reality shows but it's because we have ignored God's way we were just ignorant you, of you it. don't even this guy doesn't know. even know how to love me until he first really loved the author of love I am more secure today in my relationship with this man on earth because I understand who his head is. The head over Martin is God, the, the, the founder of love. And he will get a hold of him and say, now you need to go ask her for forgiveness. You can't walk around here like that. You can't do this. And likewise with me, that I am to be submitted to him, his leadership. Because to be submitted to him is I understand I'm submitting as unto God. Guys, God's ways are so much higher than our ways. And you know, you are really silly if you don't think he knows how to put together a good relationship. So the foundation, if you want a good cake, you got to start with the right ingredients. Likewise, if you want a good covenant marriage that goes beyond the sexual experiences, You've got to go to the creator. 
And this may sound a little, a little weird to you, but I can guarantee you there's a difference in what's here than what's out there. I know a lot of people in my neighborhood, big, 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 big houses, rolling down, rolling down the, the street in Bentleys and <laughs> Teslas and all this stuff. Sleep in the but when room. we go to our neighborhood meetings, those are some of the brokenest people. Yeah, that's bad. She's talking about, the lady talked about, oh, he's, he's this, he's the CEO of this, and this, this. But she said, but I'm always by myself in this big old house. So you got to build, like Pastor said, build what you desire according to the pattern of the word of God. And I don't care if you've been married 30, 35, 30, 40 years. Like I, my mom and dad are on fire for each other right now because of looking at us. So I'm saying to you, reset, restart, rekindle. You can only get out of it what you're willing to put in it. Looking across the green pastures, they're not, the, the, it's not greener over there. You're just not watering your own water, your own grass. They water their grass. They fertilize their lawn. Have you fertilized yours? Sometimes communication is the best fertilizer you can give your relationship. And I tell you all the time, I said, we don't look at each other enough. Mm-hmm. It's hard to be angry with somebody you're looking at. So that's all I want to say. Reset, restart, rekindle, refire. I'll end, I'll end with this. And those of you who are unmarried and desire to be married, um, I'm... I went through this with Joshua, but I'm telling you, man, going through it with your daughter is a whole different thing. Um, I knew when Joshua was ready to think about marriage. And I also thought, I also knew that Vanessa was ahead of him. I knew that. So I said, Joshua, I, this girl's in our church. She's amazing, comes from an amazing family. She's got dreams, but she's ahead of you. You can't slow her down. And I told that to her. Don't you slow down for this boy. He's a boy. In, this, in these senses. I said, this is going to take time. You both have to grow, and eventually you will intersect at the right time. They did. Callie's a little different. Because she, she said to me at six, Dad, I'm not getting married until you bring me my husband. I said, that's so cute. She said it at 12, and I was like, oh, I'm so proud of you. At 16, I stopped clapping. She kept saying it. Dad, you're going to have to find my husband. At 21, she said it again, and I said, Callie, we need to talk because you have to help me with this. What kind of boys do you like? She said, it doesn't matter what kind of boys I like. What do you like? You, you, you got to bring them to me. And I'm like, oh, this, you know, this is, this is weird. <laughs> so she said it to me about a year ago. She said, Dad, I was serious. I'm ready. And, but now, I don't want to get married right now, but I'm, I'm ready to meet him. So she said, so what are we going to do? I said, girl, you better pay attention to them lawyers and doctors you hanging around. I don't know. Bring me seven. Let me choose. 
here was the exercise my daughter made me walk through. Because I'm praying for her husband now. I know he exists. And I know he's ready to meet her if they haven't already met. They may have already met. I don't know yet. But I'm absolutely certain of this one thing that unmarried people might say to themselves. The guy or the girl I'm looking for may not even exist. I might have to settle. Maybe I'm too old, too young. What if I'm not the, what if I'm not, not the right body type? What if all the men I could marry are in jail? What if he lives in North Carolina and I live here? Let me tell you something, unmarried person. They want to shoot you a lie. I don't care if you're 80 or 18. They want to tell you, they want you to think that the man or the woman you could marry and be in love with may not exist. Well, I'm at this age, so men in that age group, there are not a lot of them. What does that have to do with you? The man or woman that's designed for you exists. He may be in another country. We don't know where he is. We don't know where she is, and we don't care. We don't care where she lives. She could live in Timbuktu. He could be in Burkina Faso. We all know. He could be in Europe. What, we don't, we don't do care. We this is what we know. That person designed for you exists and they are for you. So go ahead in your mind and go ahead and get married. By faith, say, I'm married. This thing is done. Start living your life like you're married. Get you an imaginary ring and twist it on your finger as you go to sleep. <laughs> go ahead and become the wife, the husband. Become the father in your spirit of your own children. Well, I'm 60. Uh, make no difference. <laughs> if you're single, if you're unmarried and you want to be married, keep your faith. Yes. Don't throw in the towel and don't let these stupid, silly commercials and this advertisement talk you out of your dream. Let oh. God do it. Hold on to your values. Lift that up to God.